CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Tonight, the broader tech sector showed signs of a turnaround in the last month. AMD is one of the stocks leading that charge, already up about 20%. Can it keep that momentum through its earnings next week? Carter Worth charts out the chip maker. Then, it's been a poster child for the rise and fall of big tech. But Tony Zhang thinks now is the time to ride Uber to a delivery of real returns. He'll show you how. Plus, Caterpillar, the industrial giant set to report results next week. Year to date, the stock has unsuccessfully tried to dig itself out of a hole. Mike Coe thinks that's about to change. It's time to risk less to make more. Options Action starts now. Before we get to tonight's trades, let's take stock of the market's moves this past month. We've seen a substantial turn, especially in the NASDAQ. Uh, Mike, your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think this was a really positive week. And I think it was a positive week because, you know, we had some pretty low expectations in several names, I think, going into their earnings prints. I think Alphabet, you know, what we usually refer to as Google was a good example of this. You know, the street, you know, responded very favorably there. Um, you know, the results out of all of the other big names that reported this week, I think, were pretty good. Amazon, you know, it's interesting. I don't think from an operating standpoint it was so exciting. But I think the, the price action is very positive when we take a look at it. And then, of course, now it looks like there's some progress going on in Washington. Now, whether or not you happen to like what's going on with the uh, Schumer Mansion deal or not, uh, the fact that there is some movement, I think, does pro- you know, create some bit of a tailwind, I think, for equities. So, you know, you put all of those things together, and I think generally it's a positive, although there are probably a couple spaces where, uh, to, you know, the bounce that we've seen uh, might be a little bit too much and too quickly. Yeah, we've also seen an extraordinary drop in the 10-year yield, Tony, and that certainly is helping the overall markets as well. Yeah, that's exactly right. The 2.6% that we're currently on in the 10-year yield is a pretty pivotal level. It's a topping formation that we're currently seeing. If we see below that, we really can see it down to about 2.3, and that certainly would be a huge tailwind for equities. But we're in the camp that as we get to where we are right now in the S&P, as we head towards that 4,200, 4,250 level, this is really where we look to fade the strength. Because if you look at the chart here, we're still in that downtrend. And the strength here, I think, is an opportunity to look for some shorts. And the reason for that also is because on the risk reward side, it favors to the short side. If we do break out up to that 4,300, maybe a little bit further than that, then we would simply say we were wrong and we're looking at bullish opportunities then, but we would take on a fairly small loss to take this bearish exposure going between now and the next month or so. Carter, your thoughts? You know, I'm in the faded camp uh, with uh, conviction. Um, What we know is that, of course, the big earnings have come out, but we've expended a lot of energy, big moves from depressed levels. And it's the things that led on the way down, NASDAQ 100 type names that are leading on the way back up, but up 20, in some cases, 30% to difficult levels. And and the net of it all is that earnings growth is 5%. Uh, It's not impressive. And I think we've uh, come a long way. Uh, Let's look at a couple of tables and charts and get around to tech eventually. So what do we know? We know that year to date, if you look at a stacking order, who's done what, it's still very much uh, a case of 
the market beating tech. And I think we might have some tables that'll look at this, but the SOX index, if you look at its relative performance to the S&P, we've had this huge ricochet, but that ricochet, look at the next chart, leaves us up against the difficult level. A downtrend line, you can see it very clearly. You can annotate it with arrows, um, and you'll see that in the next chart. What we have here is a rally to a difficult level. Now, do you pick a stock and bet against it? I think you do. I think Intel's news is terrible. Look at, um, look at AMD, and this is as precise as you get. I mean, I didn't manipulate the lines. The lines draw themselves. It has failed against that downtrend line five times to the penny. Our thinking is it fails again. AMD's up 32% off its lows versus the SOX up 24 versus the S&P up 14. We think it's expended the energy and it's not likely to be such a good bet for earnings. Okay, Mike, what's the trade? Yeah, so this is an interesting one because obviously I indicated uh, when we first sort of kicked off here that I didn't think it was all that bad. You know, the situation when we take a look at AMD versus Intel, you know, these two companies really diverged over the course of the last couple of years. You go back to the end of 2017, AMD is a $10 billion company and Intel's a $200 billion company. Fast forward to the present day, one of them's down about 25%. The other one is up 15-fold. AMD massively outperforming Intel over that period. And really, it's an issue of execution. And that's something that Intel is still trying to catch up with. And the reason I point this out is because from a fundamental standpoint, there would be reasons why you would like AMD and you might not like Intel. And we could actually see that in the price action today. AMD actually closed the day higher and Intel closed lower. That said, uh, I agree with Carter that from a technical standpoint, it does seem like we've reached a, you know, a difficult level. At 20 times uh, forward earnings, it's not particularly expensive, but it's not hugely cheap relative to the market either. So what I'm interested in doing is putting on a trade that will give me some exposure in the event that the stock disappoints, but doesn't take any risk in the event that they do continue to outperform and demonstrate that when they report next week. And so what I was looking to do was buy the August uh, 9085 one by two put spread. Now, when I was looking at this earlier today, you could buy one of the August 90 puts, so it cost you a little over three bucks, sell two of the 85s against it for about a buck 65 a piece. Net-net, you actually collect a small amount of premium. So what happens here? If AMD's earnings are a big nothing burger and it goes sideways, you know, no harm, no foul, you collect your 20 some odd cents and move on. If it goes higher, same thing. If it declines through that 90 strike, you will begin to see profits down to that 85 level, at which point, because you're short two puts instead of uh, just one, your profits will trail off. Effectively, the worst case is they have a massively disappointing earnings and you own the stock at just below 80 bucks a share. But let's think about that for a second. That's more than a 15% decline from where the stock is now. And those expire on August 19th. So assuming you put this trade on next week, you're talking about that would be a pretty steep decline. You're going to be owning the stock, uh, you know, at, you know, something in the neighborhood of 18 times, a little bit less, actually. So I think this is a way that you can be a bit tactical going into earnings. If they do end up with a result that's disappointing, a little bit like the one we experienced in Intel, you have an opportunity to profit. Uh, but this is still, of the two companies, this is the one that is, uh, that's executing Intel isn't. Yeah, and they indicated as such in the last quarter that they reported that they're actually taking Intel's share. And so some think, Tony, that Intel's pain is even better for AMD, which is what we saw in today's market in terms of the price action. 
Yeah, that's exactly right. And this is really one where the charts and the fundamentals are sort of opposed to each other. You know, the charts really show the strength as, as I currently have a couple of uh, short positions here in semis. I certainly agree with fading this current strength that we've seen. And the strength, you know, we have to put it into context. It's in a clear downtrend and we're near the upper bound of that channel. So the risk reward favors here to the downside. But the fundamentals, as Mike said, AMD is quite strong compared to its main competitor, Intel here. And you also have Taiwan Semi that just reported that gives us a little bit of a peek into what AMD might look like. And the Chipsack recently, these are all potential tailwinds for AMD, but that's what I particularly like about Mike's trade. It's extremely creative. If uh, the, if AMD does not decline materially, uh, or I'm sorry, rallies substantially on this, he doesn't see a loss on this particular trade. But with these types of put ratio spreads, it's really tricky to figure out the strike prices because you kind of have to uh, thread the needle here to figure out what strike price to sell. And I particularly like the 85 strike that he sold here on this put spread because the 85s happen to be just inside of one standard deviation move to the downside. So that's the expected move in that particular time frame. And those are some of the best practices that we typically like to look when you're trying to thread a needle using something like a put ratio spread or even a put butterfly type strategy. All right, well, from chips to trips, check out Uber's rough ride this year. The ride sharing stock down more than 44%, but Tony's got a way to play it if you think the name is due for a U-turn. So Tony, what are you, what are you uh, seeing? Yeah, I'm taking a look at Uber here, which is really a story of market share. And it's, they're, they're simply taking more risks and growing faster than their pri primary peers here. So if we look at a chart here for Uber, what we've seen is a primary downtrend since February of 2021. So we've seen a pretty long downtrend, 18 months. But what we've started to see here over the past couple of months is what we typically see near a market bottom, an inverted head and shoulders formation. And this targets about $28 to the upside. So that's a pretty material move up here that we could see on an earnings catalyst. But I think the important part is actually looking at the two businesses between Uber and their primary rival, Lyft. Now, while Lyft has managed to turn a profit here, I think what you really want to look for is the fact that Lyft grows at their revenue growth is less than half of what we see here in Uber, which is about 70% year over year revenue growth. And I think those types of uh, growth, value, growth numbers justify the richer valuation that we're currently seeing here in Uber. And what's more interesting is the rich implied volatility going into earnings. Right now, the market is implying a 12% move versus the historical average, which is less than half of that, of only 5.3%. So what I want to do is I want to harvest this elevated implied volatility and look at taking a riskier position than Lyft by buying Uber stock by selling a put option. So I'm going out to August uh, and I'm selling the 22 and a half puts. These are just slightly out of the money, uh, effectively what are at the money puts, which elevates, elevates the uh, extrinsic value of the option that I'm selling. And I'm gonna be able to collect about $1.36 earlier today. That's more than 5% of the stock's value that I can collect by selling this put option. And this gives me the option of buying, of potentially buying buying the stock if Uber is below 22 and a half by the August expiration at about $21.15. That's pretty much the all-time lows. So this gives me an opportunity to participate uh, in the upside while collecting some premium right now, which are quite rich going into earnings. Mike, do you like this trade? Yeah, you know, I, I do like this trade. I bought Uber this week, actually. Uh, and one of the reasons for that is not just the fact that the stock has reached these really depressed levels. This could potentially be the first year that the company actually has positive earnings and free cash flow. 
Uh, and really, this is a pretty critical earnings, I think, if we're going to get some kind of visibility on whether that's actually a possibility. Now, if we do get what the street's expecting in terms of you know how that higher revenue growth is translating to the bottom line and to cash flow, I think this could actually be an attractive entry point for a stock that I really have never liked very much. Um, but one of the things that I like about what Tony's doing here is that we are sort of bouncing along the bottom and we do have those elevated premiums. And, and that's one of the reasons why I think uh, you could look at selling a put. I happen to buy this stock, uh, you know, and if I'd been thinking about it a little bit more, maybe I would have actually sold the put the way Tony's advocating. You could still do it. <laughs> Carter, what do you think of the charts? Right, so we have two things in conflict. The absolute chart, just as Tony annotated, has all the elements of an early stage bottom, a head and shoulders bottom. But the stock's relative performance to the SPX, to the NASDAQ 100, is very poor. Um, I think he's doing it obviously the right way by selling premium and not just getting along the stock with a call. All right. For everything Options Action, check out our website and our newsletter. Here's what's coming up next. Still to come, despite recessionary concerns, Caterpillar stock has gained almost 10% over the past month. Mike Coe is looking to build on that trend into the company's earnings next week. Plus, calling all Options Action fans. Reach into your pocket, grab your phone, and tweet us your question at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Options Action. Check out Caterpillar closing out its best day since March and its best week since June 2020. If you've been lucky enough to have this one in your portfolio while it's built these industrial-sized gains, congratulations, because Professor Coe is about to teach you how to scratch even bigger profits out of CAT. Mike, take it away. Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk a little bit here about covered calls going into earnings. The stock obviously has had a phenomenal run up more than 16% off of these recent lows. Now we've got earnings coming up, and the question we need to ask ourselves is how much further can this thing go? And if it has had much of the run that it is likely to have by August expiration, is there a way that we can achieve a little bit more? And I'm looking at selling covered calls against this stock to essentially collect some premium. And the idea here is when you do this trade that you want to make sure that you preserve at least some near upside potential. Generally speaking, you don't want to start selling calls at or definitely not in the money, especially on stocks that uh, have dividends. One other quick point, the further out in time you go, the farther out of the money you want to choose your strike. And the other thing is you want to try to look for potential levels of resistance. I was looking out to the August expiration, specifically the 210 strike calls. I could collect about $1.85 or so for those. Now, here's an important point. As a general rule of thumb, I'm looking to collect probably something along the lines of 12% annualized in premium or better, just to make sure that I'm uh, making it worth my while. Now, here's an important point. If it gets up to 210, it is going to have had a run of about 26% off of its recent lows. And I think that would be quite an ambitious move. And as good as the news is for Caterpillar, we're probably looking at 9% uh, year-over-year revenue growth and a pretty decent multiple at about 15 times forward earnings. 
I think we're probably going to start running into a little bit of resistance as we start approaching uh, these higher levels here coming out of earnings. And I think this is when you want to start taking a look for opportunities to enhance your returns on positions that you already hold. Carter, what do you make of Mike's levels? I think that's exactly right. Just he's saying fade this to some extent or at least be cautious because it's moved a lot. Let's look at a couple charts. The first two are just for fun, but they they tell a big story. This is uh, S&P versus Caterpillar since 1980. They're dead even. Now, what if we add its biggest competitor, John Deere? John Deere has doubled the performance of Cat. Now, that says a lot. Now, as to Caterpillar itself, the sell-off of the past year and a half took us right down to the peak of 2017. And we held and we bounced off that line. But the bounce is a little too far too fast. As seen in the next chart, we've come up actually from the absolute low some 19%. And finally, if you put some lines in, what is this? This is essentially a rally to the midpoint of the range. This is where interested sellers are lying in wait. Overhead supply is defined as such. Tony, what's your take? Uh, I like it quite a bit. I highlighted a short here in Caterpillar in early June, and we have the exact same chart setup we have now as we did in early June, which is a sign of exhaustion up into this $200 level. And the fact that we recently broke below 180 and managed to climb back above it leads me to believe that we're going to retest the recent lows rather than bounce back up to that 220 level. But, and I think what's really interesting about Mike's trade is that if the cover call here, he's collecting a fair amount of premium. Just to put into context, this is a stock that generates about 2.4% yield. He's generating more than half of that in just 21 days. So the yield that you're getting on this is quite high. But the one thing I will say, if you are an, a Caterpillar investor and you are concerned about a downturn back below 180, you could potentially use the premium here on these cover calls to also buy some out of the money put options and buy yourself some protection to the downside. So depending on how, how what your views are here for this particular stock, and I think that we could see some further downside, it might make sense to also buy some puts to buy some protection. All right, up next, we are taking a look back at one of Tony's shining trades. Plus, we're taking your tweets, so tweet us your most burning questions at Options Action on Twitter. We are back in two. Welcome back to Options Action. Time for a trade update. A few weeks back, Tony laid out a way to play the TAN Solar ETF. This stock has recently formed a bit of a double bottom here around 57 after declining 55% from its September uh, from its peak of last year and that happens to be the same breakout level that we saw in September of 2020 and what this indicates to me is that the the, the decline we've seen here in the solar industry is perhaps coming to an end and now is that opportunity to potentially gain some exposure. I'm going out to the August 12th expiration and I'm looking at selling the 70 and a half 64 put vertical here. This this allows me to collect here about 39% of the vertical width, about two and a half bucks. Since then, the TAN ETF has surged nearly 20% in the news again this week with Congress's climate funding plan. So, Tony, what do you do now? Yeah, the Enphase earnings was really the catalyst that drove this higher. I think it confirms the rotation that we've seen here. When you sell a credit spread like this, which we sold for about a little over two and a half bucks, that's now trading at 13 cents. We've made 95% of the potential profit on this particular trade. So it's time to take your profits and move on to the next trade. All right, time for some tweets now. Our first fan asks, uh, Amazon has gone up too uh, much too fast. So is selling the August 135 call a good hedge? Mike. 
Yeah, you know, I also want to question the move that we've seen in Amazon a little bit. Selling covered calls is what you're suggesting here. And I think that's an excellent investment strategy to collect premium, but it's not so much a hedge. In this case, you'd be collecting, uh, you know, a little over 3% of the current stock price to do that. Uh, if you wanted to hedge it, you could do what Tony was suggesting on the Caterpillar trade, which is to use those proceeds to purchase either a put spread or some downside puts. All right. Our next fan asks, is the cruise still bearish on Apple for August and September? If so, is there another trade at these prices? Tony. Yeah. So as we said at the top of the show, my view is still to fade this particular strength. Granted, we got a little further than I expected to here on Apple. But the answer to your question is yes. And I would use selling a call credit spread. The SKU still certainly favors those types of strategies at the moment. All right, up next, the traders have their final calls. Plus, do not miss the CNBC special, the tech trade that's coming up next. Deidre Bosa will speak with ARK Invest Kathy Wood about what is next for the tech space and innovation stocks. That's right after OA. We are back in two. Time now for the final call. The last word from the options pits, Carter Braxton Worth. Many, many stocks have rallied substantially to difficult levels. Caterpillar is one, AMD is another. Fade them both. Tony Zhang. As Uber continues to dominate on market share and starts to focus on profitability, I think now is the time to start investing by selling some put options going into earnings. Mike Coe. You know, Intel earnings were obviously disappointing, but AMD isn't Intel. That said, if you agree with Carter and think that there's a move possible down between 90 and 80, put on ratio put spreads to make your bearish bet. All right, that does it for us here on Options Action. We'll see you back here next Friday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time for more Options Action. Meantime, don't go anywhere. A CNBC special, The Tech Trade with Deidre Bosa, starts right now. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.